Now I pray you have your Bible. Let's open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 39. I'll wait for you. Uh, Mark four thirty-nine. How about a hallelujah when you get there? Wow, you guys are fast. Mark 4.39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Praise the Lord. Thank God for this account. Amen? To rebuke means to express sharp criticism. That's what rebuke means, and this word is used quite a few times in the Bible, and you can see from the way it's used in the Bible that it means to express disapproval. So Jesus spoke to the wind and expressed his disapproval of the wind. I don't like you, wind. I don't like what you're doing, wind. Peace. Be still. You violent and thrashing wind, stop it. Stop your vain threats. Foolish enemy, you will not stop the kingdom of God with wind and waves. Be still. He rebuked the wind, praise the Lord. This is is an incredible display of power and authority, isn't it? Praise God. Why does the Bible give us such an account as this. Why does the Bible give us this account? No doubt, one reason is to show us the Jesus who saves us, to give him glory and to help us understand his position as the Son of God, to show us that Jesus is mighty to save. But let's read the next verse, too. Mark 4.40 says, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? As amazing as this display of power and authority was, Jesus didn't talk about it as if it was unexpected or surprising. And in fact, he not only rebukes the wind, he rebukes his followers. I'm not sure how Jesus expected them to deal with the wind. Did he expect them to rebuke the wind and make the sea grow calm? Where's your faith, guys? You should have just rebuked the wind. Or did he expect them to ride out the wind with faith? Jesus told us, get in the boat. Jesus told us, go to the other side. Jesus gave us our directions. Jesus is not going to tell us something to do something and and not enable us to do it. No worries here, guys. The wind is raging, but no worries. Jesus told us to be in this boat. Jesus told us to be on this water. 
Were they just to have faith so that they didn't panic, so that they would be able to ride through the storm, ride the waves, so to speak? I'm not sure. What he didn't like was their fear, no doubt. He rebuked them for being afraid. And brothers and sisters, if we're to learn something for ourselves in how to live and act and and behave and walk and believe as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we should get this much out of it at least. We need to rebuke our own fears. You need to take authority and power over those things which discourage you. He rebuked them for being afraid. Take authority and power over your own apathy. I've had to do that many times. What's the matter with me? I should care more. Rebuke myself in a sense. Rebuke the apathy. Stop it. Start caring. Get in there and try. You need to rebuke those things which make you angry, which make you confused, which make you apathetic, which distress you. Rebuke them. Leave me alone. Tell those things which discourage you in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions. Be still. Peace. Be still. Shouldn't you? You are no ordinary person if you are Christ's. Do you hear me? You are no ordinary person. You were an ordinary person before you came to him. You have Christ with you. You have Christ in you. So go to the other side. Don't stay where you are. You can reply, Brother Brian, stop it. Don't tell me these things. I am so ordinary. But I will tell you that Jesus rebuked his followers for their ordinary fear. Did he not rebuke them for their ordinary fear, for their smallness of vision, for their panicking? He didn't treat them like ordinary people. Jesus will rebuke your doubt. Watch out for the winds of trends and the winds of other people because you have embarked on a journey with Jesus and you are headed someplace with Jesus and the winds are in your face and they're trying to push you off course. Stay on course. You have to learn how to deal with opposition. You have to learn how to deal with trends. You have to, trends are like winds. A bunch of people do this. A bunch of people do that. A bunch of people leave the church. A bunch of people my age do this or do that. These are trends. They're like the winds. Don't let the winds blow you off course. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen? No turning back. No turning back. Amen, brothers and sisters? Jesus will rebuke your doubt. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Mm -mm -mm. What a passage of scriptures. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37, 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, they were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. A valley of dry bones. Uh, I don't believe this was a literal valley of dry bones, but that the Lord brought Ezekiel in the spirit, according to verse 1, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord to a spiritual vision of a valley of dry bones. And verse 3 says, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. In other words, I don't know, Lord, you tell me. Would you tell me, please? And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel, the Lord tells Ezekiel, speak to the dry bones as if dry bones can hear him. Did you ever think of that? Ezekiel talked to dry bones. Oh Lord, they're dry. Oh Lord, they're bones. Oh Lord, they can't hear me. What good is it to talk to them? They can't hear me. Oh no, Ezekiel, you're thinking all wrong. When you have the word of the Lord, you speak the word of the Lord to dry bones and even dry bones can hear you. When you speak the word of the Lord, dry bones will hear you. The winds will hear you. Opposition will hear you. There is power in the word of God that you speak out. This is the way God works. It's all through the Bible. He brings his worker. In this case, it's Ezekiel. But this is a pattern, see, brothers and sisters. This is a pattern. Jesus showed us the pattern on the Sea of Galilee when the winds were raging. He spoke to the winds and they quieted. Ezekiel is told by God, speak to the dry bones. So he brings his worker, in this case it's Ezekiel, into the field where God puts the focus on a particular situation. Now, I'm not talking about just the specific case, but the case as a pattern. God will bring you into the field, very likely in your imagination. And he will show you an impossible situation 
and he will ask you what you think about it. This is the way God works. What do you think about this impossible situation? The servant of the Lord has to think. The servant of the Lord has to observe and think, be touched by what is going on around him. Are you thinking? Are you touched? Or are you just coming to warm a pew? Oh, don't just come to warm the pew. Think about the situation that we're in in central New York in the year 2022. Be touched by it. Wonder about it. Think about what God might do with you. You have to get involved with the need. The servant of the Lord has to be moved by the situation that requires the intervention of God. This is the way God works. Before the servant can make the bones live, he has to start thinking about those bones. They're being dead. They're being lifeless. They're being hopeless. He has to ask himself, can these impossibilities be overcome? And he may not have the answers, but God has the answers. The next step is that God commands his servant to speak over the hopeless situation. The Lord told Ezekiel, prophesy over these bones. When you prophesy, you speak. There is no such thing as prophecy which is not speaking. Prophecy is always speaking. What if I don't speak? Well, then the bones are going to stay dry. You don't speak, the bones stay dry. You don't speak... The problem stays entrenched. Well, God will just intervene. God will intervene when you speak out the word that God gives you. The servant is not thinking of something to say. The servant is not taking matters into his own hands. The servant is being a servant of God. The servant doesn't have the answers. The servant doesn't have the power in and of himself. The servant is hearing the word of God, and the word of God to him was prophesy, speak. Speak to the dryness. He must say it. Prophesy means to speak a prophetic word. Brothers and sisters, in the last year, we have tried to emphasize the goodness of the gospel. The goodness of the gospel and a very uplifting and edifying message of the gospel. And the need for the church to grow. And I know many of you still have not been able to overcome your apathy and your discouragement when it comes to the lost and the needy and the souls that need to come to Christ You still are thinking to yourself, what's their problem? I I can't be bothered. And you're cold toward them. Look at the valley of dry bones, my brothers and sisters. There's a valley of dry bones in front of us in Syracuse, New York. The Lord is asking you this morning, this morning, the Lord is asking you, can these dry bones live? 
Because I'll tell you, if you don't have faith for the dry bones to live, the dry bones will stay very, very dry, and then you will simply be feel confirmed in your self-fulfilling prophecy. You see, they were dry. I knew they were dry. I knew they couldn't live. There you go. See, I was right all along. Aren't I wise? Aren't I smart? And Jesus will come along and rebuke you for your doubt. Stop listening to all the negativity that is about and all the criticisms and all the hopelessness. I still hear it coming from you regularly, such hopelessness about our cultural situation. Well, I'll tell you that the church was born in an even more hopeless cultural situation. The church of Jesus Christ was born and flourished in an oppressive Roman government. The church, heaven forbid if we say, the church in China is stronger than the church in the United States of America. Because we whine and complain about the political situation and are so distracted by the dry bones, where in China they're not really worrying about the oppressive political situation because they've been living with it all along. It's oppressive, it's political, it's, it's all over them, it's, it's per, it persecutes them. And the more Christians they persecute, the stronger the church gets. They command the winds of oppression and doubt, discouragement, an impossibility. They rebuke them and they tell those discouragements, be quiet, be still, shut up, and go forward in Christ in power. And the dry bones rise up. Jesus spoke to the wind. Ezekiel had to speak to the dry bones. Brothers and sisters, you too must speak Speak the gospel. Make it so simple. Speak an invitation. Come to church. It's awesome. We worship the Lord. You'll feel the Spirit of God. Come on. Just come. Come to church. Come to home fellowship. It's fantastic. It's just a little Bible study. We, everybody gets to share and talk. You'll love it. Come to home fellowship. Speak, brothers and sisters, to the valley of dry bones. God's way, speaking the word of God over a problem, it can make the problem dissolve. Speaking over the problem makes a solution begin to develop. The Lord told Ezekiel right from the start what he was going to do. I'm going to make these dry bones rise up and I'm going to put breath into them. And Ezekiel spoke over them and things started to happen. But it wasn't all, it was like sort of a process. The servant of the Lord does not have the power and the authority to just go about creating events wherever he wants to of his own will and volition and thought. Yet, when it is God's will, the servant of the Lord will speak and the speaking will trigger the event. It's God's way. Ezekiel 37, 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. 
And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. You see, the solution began to develop. The problem began to dissolve. But there was still a ways to go, wasn't there? You've got to keep at it. You've got to stay at it. You can't give up partway through the process because partway through the process is going to be amazing, but it's not going to bring about the actual will of God that God has designed and planned. You've got to stay at it. There was no breath in them, verse 8. Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Keep going, Ezekiel. We're not there yet. We haven't reached the vision that I have for the bones in this valley. We're partway there. It's an amazing step that we've taken, but let's not just relish the amazing step. Let's keep on going and speak the word of God and let's see breath come into these bodies. Verse 10 says, So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Praise God. This is a prophecy uh, concerning the nation of Israel. They came forth from their graves in the Holocaust in Europe and under the Nazi uh, regime. They were in their graves. Uh, European Jewry was just about wiped out by Hitler and Goering and all his henchmen, and they came out of those graves, and at the end of World War II, the United Nations voted that modern Israel would be recognized as a nation, and they became, had to go to war immediately in order to defend the claim that they were a nation. They've had to defend themselves in war no less than seven different times since they were born as a modern nation. Who ever heard of such a thing for a nation to be dissolved in the year 70 AD but come back to life in the, in the year 1949? Hallelujah. Whoever heard of such a thing? It's got to happen by the hand of God. 
But I'm not just here to tell you about the nation of Israel. I'm here to tell you about the way God works. Because we want God to work in our community and in our church and in central New York. And it's dry. And it's cold. You say, well, I'm waiting for the Lord to speak to me. And then when he speaks, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're waiting for the Lord to speak to you. I thought all of his followers were commissioned to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thought all of us are called to be witnesses for him. Amen? That's the word of the Lord. Speak the word, brothers and sisters. Speak over the dry bones. If you don't have faith that anybody's going to get saved, guess what? You're going to have just according to your faith. Nobody's going to get saved. And I know there's a spiritual side to that. There's a spiritual battle going on. And if you don't approach the spiritual battle with faith, the only way to win a spiritual battle is by faith. But there's also something sort of psychological to it, a psychological factor. When your head is down, when your voice is quiet, when you speak hesitatingly, when you don't even hardly have the courage to ask somebody to come to a home fellowship, it is very clear to them that you hardly believe what you're saying. And it doesn't make the gospel very attractive, does it? Brothers and sisters, allow, if he would, if he wants to, allow Jesus to rebuke you this morning. Not me. Allow him to rebuke you this morning for your lack of faith, for your fear, for your discouragement, for quitting, for for wanting to uh, throw out an anchor and stop progress. If the Lord doesn't speak to us, we could say like those bones said, our hope is lost. That's verse 11. Our bones are dried, our hope is lost. That's what the children of Israel were saying. At that time, we need the Lord to breathe on us so we can go forth as an army of the Lord and bring salvation and reconciliation wherever we go. If the Lord does not speak to the winds... We can say right along with those dry bones, we perish. The Lord will speak to the winds and keep the winds of the world from stopping our progress. Be quiet, be still, and speak to the winds that will bring us life. Go to them, fill them, give them life, breathe life into them. The Lord has the power over the winds. In verses 7 and 10, the servant of the Lord must speak for the event to take place. He's going to look very silly if he speaks to this event and nothing happens. Dry bones come to life. Nothing happens. He's going to look very silly if the dry bones start coming together and the sinews develop over them and the flesh forms on them. He's not going to look brilliant. The Lord is going to look brilliant. The Lord is going to get the glory. But the speaking is the trigger. That is the way of the Lord. Verse 14, the Lord says, I have spoken it 
and performed it. The speaking is the trigger. The speaking is essential. It's the Bible way. In Genesis chapter 1, we see a situation that looked very hopeless. It wasn't dry bones. It was a watery earth. The world was covered with a deep. The world was surrounded with darkness. Who could help? It was overwhelmed with a watering deep. There was no light in the world. The world was empty and disordered, the Bible says. One translation says it was wild and waste. I'm telling you that the situation in the world at that time was worse than the situation is now in America. But there was hope for the world at that time because the Spirit of God, the wind of God, was hovering over the deep, was hovering back and forth in the darkness. The Spirit of God was ready to go into action. And what happened? Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. We read it. It says, And God said, And God said, Let there be light. And what does the next sentence say? And there was light. Notice how. It is the speaking that triggers the event. You say, brother, brother, stop, stop. I'm not going to speak anything and be able to change anything. Okay? With that kind of faith, you're not. Move over here. Choose what side you're on. The side of the speakers. The workers. Those who have faith. Or those who are apathetic, who have given up and who are doubting? What side are you on? Are you on the worker side? Or are you on the quiet side? I'm just an ordinary person. Oh, you're so ordinary. Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose from the grave for you. You're no ordinary person. You have the Word of God which is powerful. There was light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. There was the first day. The writer John also talks about the beginning. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. You see, he's got on his mind Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, doesn't he? In the beginning was the Word. The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. By who? By the Word. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now if we read down to verse 14, we find out that the Word is identified with the person of Jesus. No doubt about it. But why doesn't it say, in the beginning was Jesus? Why doesn't it say that Jesus was with God and Jesus was God? I'll tell you why it doesn't say that. Because John is trying to reveal to us not only the details of the case, not only the plot of the story, but the principle underlying it. And that is that the Word triggers the event when it comes to the work of God. The Word triggers the event. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And Jesus said to the rebuke the winds, P, 
peace, be still. And they were calm. Ezekiel prophesied over the bones. Breathe. And they breathed. The word made all things according to John 1.3. And brothers and sisters, make no mistake about it. The word still creates all things. The word of God. Pronounce the word of God. By his stripes we are healed. Pronounce it. Will you repeat after me? By his stripes we are healed. Ah, you don't want to do it. Why not? We've got some teaching to do in our church. Not new things. Old things. That a new generation hasn't learned, that an old generation has forgotten. Would you repeat after me? By His stripes we are healed. Ezekiel 12.25 says, For I am the Lord, I will speak, and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. John 6.63 says, This is Jesus, the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. Psalm 33 says this, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And Acts 4.29 says, Now, Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. I pray to the Lord. O Lord, grant unto your servants, grant unto Living Word Church, all boldness that we may speak your word. And make things happen. It's not going to be us making things happen. It's just going to be us pulling a trigger. We'll pull the trigger. The hammer will hit the shell. The shell will hit the fire and igniter. The igniter will explode the gunpowder. The projectile will go and hit its mark. And it won't be one that kills. It'll be one that gives life. May God give you boldness to speak for Jesus. You have power in your tongue. Matthew 17, 19. Does the Bible not say life and death are in the tongue? Matthew 17, 19 says this, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said unto them, Why could we not cast him out? They're speaking of a demon that they were unable to cast out of a poor, tormented soul. But Jesus cast out the devil. Verse 20 says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and here are the key words for this morning, brothers and sisters, ye shall say, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. You believe in your heart. You speak the word. The impossible happens. You definitely need to be in prayer and fasting in preparation for the opportunity. Am I telling you the truth? 
Is it not what Jesus said? This, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. You've got to be involved in prayer and fasting. Remember what I taught you about the healing ministry of Jesus. It is authoritative, it is spontaneous, and it is individualized. But how about the spontaneous part? You don't know when God is going to use you. And because you don't know quite when God is going to bring you into a situation that requires power, you don't know when the winds are going to blow. You don't know when your trip is going to be uh, sabotaged by the devil. You don't know when there's going to be somebody you meet on the stairs, you're just going on your way to prayer, and there's this guy asking for alms, and you look at his face and you say, wow, he's got faith. You've got to be ready. You've got to be prayed up. You've got to walk close to God so you're ready for the opportunity. That's what Jesus is telling them. You weren't ready, guys. You weren't prepared. you got to get more prepared. Ah, oh, brother, I can't prepare for that. I got bills to pay. I got walls to paint. I got projects to finish at home. Brothers and sisters, all those things are your sidelights. Your real vocation is walking with Christ. That is the priority of your life. Get ready for God to use you. We're not putting trust in your word. Our trust is in the word that God has given you. But every indication in the Bible is that God wants us to be vessels of power that have a trigger. And the trigger is speaking out the word of God. There are harder cases. There are easier cases. Jesus admits this is a, this is a tougher case. In another place, he says, you know, when you clean the vessel, the devil that was there will come and he'll bring back seven others stronger than himself. You know, there are stronger ones. There are weaker ones. There are, there are more difficult challenges and situations. There are easier ones. Jesus said, this kind, this is a tough case. You've got to be prayed up. You've got to be fasting in in prayer ahead of time. I'm noticing a lot of testimonies are coming in my direction. People saying, brother, as we're uh, talking about the word of faith and believing God for the gifts of healing, this one is telling me, I have had long-standing pain here, gone. Long-standing pain there, gone. But to be honest, we have a lot of lingering, big, challenging cases, don't we? We have the big ones still lingering in our midst. We're doing great. We're growing. We're like Ezekiel, speaking over the dry bones and a little bit of flesh comes on them, but they still look awful scrawny and they're not breathing yet. It's a process. The problems dissolve. The solutions evolve. There's harder cases. There's easier cases. Let's graduate from the easier cases to the harder ones. And then from the harder ones to those that are harder yet. Is it not God's will? By his stripes we are healed. You'll have to command your anger. Peace, be still. You'll have to command your discouragement. Peace, be still. Winds of discouragement. You'll have to command your sensitivity to the trends that are going on. 
I sense movement going in this direction. I sense movement going on in that direction. I'm going to tell you, stop sensing stuff and command the winds to peace, be still. You don't need to be sensing things moving in this direction and sensing things moving in that direction. Get in the boat, keep on going, stay on course, don't jump ship. Can I hear an amen? Speaking the word takes prep, preparation. You have to be ready for the situation that comes your way. Jesus passed by a fig tree and he cursed it. It's as close as we ever see Jesus getting to performing a miracle for himself. The Bible says he was hungry. He went looking for figs on the fig tree. But there's a really important detail. It was not fig season. Nobody who lived in that part of the world would have expected pigs, figs on that tree. Maybe pigs, but probably not figs. Yet it was a very important miracle because it was a symbolic miracle. It's made symbolic by the fact that the fig tree was not in its harvest season. The fig tree represented the nation of Israel. It was their season to receive their Messiah. They didn't like the season. They got picky about the season. It's not happening the way we want it to happen. They were pharisaical. Jesus cursed that fig tree. By the next morning, it was all wilted. It was dead. And Jesus said, have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and you will say to this mountain, be plucked up and cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Speak the word to it, and it will obey you. May we not be part of that dried up fig tree that is saying, I don't like the season. It's not a good season. Oh, it's a tough season here in central New York. People are so cold. It's, uh, there's, so, there's so much cynicism about. All people care about is politics, politics, politics. Coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Economy, economy, economy. Do I get to work at home or do I, get to, do I have to go into the office? People are so distracted by so many things. Global warming. Social justice, equality for the homosexuals and the other ones, the LG, the whole group there. So distracted by so many issues. When the issues of life are in the tongue and speaking the word of God, brothers and sisters. May we, instead of being those who complain about the season... May we be those who call for the mountain of opposition to be removed. Call for it to be cast into the past. Mountain of opposition be cast into the past. Forward I go. In the boat I stay. With my ear to the, to the voice of the Lord who speaks his word, I listen with my ears to him, to his voice. I'm his sheep. By his stripes we are healed. Those are powerful stripes, brothers and sisters. Those are stripes like no man ever received before or since. Those are the most precious stripes that have ever been laid on a man's back. 
Because those stripes heal. And their power will never be limited except by us who are too quiet. Too quiet about the promises of God. Not bold enough. So bold to be important on the job. So bold to stand in front of classes. But so quiet when it comes to the gospel. So quiet when it comes to winning souls. I say, oh God, may we go and view the valley of dry bones and be moved by care and concern and compassion and your heart for them. Oh Jesus, you who took those stripes for us to be healed. Oh Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Praise the Lord. I pray that God would add the increase to his word. We'll be here tonight in prayer. And I ask the Lord to give you a good day today in the name of Jesus.